You know, in life, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And we know somebody that is very, very special, somebody that we have known for over 25 years that is helping us financially, and we are connecting to you. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Hey, Stacey, how are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's so uh, excited to have you on the show today. Man, there is a lot going on. Oh, my word. No joke. I mean, <laughs> this week this week is going to be a week of like reports and analysis coming from tons. I mean, tons of meetings. Um, and, and whenever you have these kind of meetings like World Bank, IMF, some of the globalist things, the Fed, um, Bureau of Labor Statistics, pending home sales. I mean, there's all these reports coming out mm-hmm. this week that always causes jittery markets. Um, and what's, they don't cause, what's what, causing all those reports to come out? Is this just where it is quarterly? What, what's causing this to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's the end of the quarter. You know, uh, July is the is the beginning of, of quarter number three, uh-huh. right? So, so this is the end of, I mean, there's always reports that come out, right? Sure. But, but at the end of a quarter, there's, there's always more. So like for today, for example, um, durable goods, pending home sales is a big one. Um, okay. Because when we look at what interest rates have done in the last three months, I mean, it, it okay, they've gone up and they've they're increasing the the speed of which they go up. That that mm-hmm. means that things are spinning out of control. So two months ago, rates went up a quarter of a point. Last month, half a point, and then a couple of weeks ago, they went up three quarters of a point. Right, so it keeps wow. accelerating yeah. that increase, and that's one and a half percent total. On, yep. on like Fed funds rate, but doesn't doesn't paint the full picture because the mortgage rates, like on a thirty year loan, have gone up way more than one and a half percent. Right, they're exactly. Up, they're up a good three percent this year, mm-hmm. so they're almost like doubling that rate because banks. I mean, we've talked about this, but banks and mortgage banks, especially when they give out a lump sum for somebody to buy a house and then they're going to get paid back in thirty years, they really care about the outlook of the future economy, right? Because definitely that's why that's why when rates go up more than what the Fed funds rates are going up, that tells us what they really think mm-hmm. about the future economy, right? And so then as what I think is going to happen, the pending home sales is going to crater. Okay. Because how could it not with with people not really working, living at the margin, interest rates going up, so the affordability of homes is is not quite there. Um, mm-hmm. And then you add to that, banks are really starved for capital right now. And it, it's just yep. last week, um, there was a Federal Reserve stress test that they do for all of their banks. And City, Bank of America, and Chase failed. Really? They failed, <laughs> they failed the stress, the stress test? test? Now, now, most of the other banks passed, but those three didn't. So why, why? is that? They're, yeah. they're huge. Right. I mean, you would think they would have enough capital, but they don't, because when you look at the type of debt that they have, um, they've got a lot of derivatives debt, which is highly leveraged normal debt. Right. Mm -hmm. So so just JP Moore. Well, all three of them probably have over 30 trillion dollars of derivatives debt. Wow. So it was Bank of America, Chase and what? And City. City. Okay. Yeah. So that's more debt. 
than the entire United States has had since 1776. Right? Unbelievable. Because our national debt's $30.5 trillion right now. That's our federal, federal debt. And for each one of those individual banks, which they're monster banks, right? Mm-hmm. But for each of them to have more derivatives debt exposure than the entire national debt of America for one company, right? right? One, right? I mean, we're we're facing a complete debt implosion. So whenever that, so that's why, what, what did this stress test say? It said they can't buy back any, any stocks. They, they can't use their money to spend things on what they normally would. Cause when the stock market comes down, you know, these, these big banks, all of them have their own stocks uh-huh. and they want to start owning more of them. Right. So usually when markets come down, they buy back their stocks at these lower prices rather okay. than at higher prices. They're now precluded from doing that. Wow. They can't do that. And because they don't have that capital, I would say that the next step is they're not going to be lending out very much, which is also then going to really hamper the economy when when companies and mom and pops and everybody who needs money to get temporary loans for inventory or anything, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be there. They they don't have the capital. Have you ever seen this before? Um, there's been banks that have failed stress tests, but it's never been like the three largest banks in the country right? Yeah. at the same time. Um, that just tells you how how bad things really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got the Dallas Fed has their manufacturing numbers that come out today. Um, Chinese industrial profits come out today. This is this is just today. Okay. But then, because of all these things happening, and because of the state of the global economy, you've got other big institutions that are not necessarily banks, but some of them are. Like there's a European Central Bank forum that begins today. Um, that's going to talk about debt. Um, like tomorrow, the the Case Shiller Home Price Index comes out. Um, that's a big one in the housing market mm-hmm. because it actually talks about the average home price and how much it's been collapsing. Yep. The Consumer Confidence Index comes out. So the Consumer Confidence one is a big one because that basically impacts what people, when they hear that, they think, oh my word, the economy stinks. We're not going to invest in stocks anymore for a while, right? Yep. So, so that's a big one. Yeah. There's a NATO summit that begins today because of all the geopolitical conflict that we're talking about. Whew. Middle of the week, uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell is at the European Central Bank Forum on central banking. And what do they be talking about at these meetings? Well, there's been a lot of... um talk recently, uh, then we've talked about it on your show. We, we've exposed all of this. Um, central bank digital currencies. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's going to be the topic of discussion. When and how do we start to make that transition moving forward? Then Thursday, <laughs> this, this these are what really impact the stock market. We've got personal income and initial jobless claims that come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't foresee those as being anything good either. Right. Um, I mean, there's there's just so many. I mean, this is a week of reports, not just mm-hmm. domestically, but but globally. And what we're what we're probably going to see is real jitteriness in the markets, maybe even flat days, because okay. nobody knows what to do until the reports come out, and then it's like a sell-off. Um, and this is just, it's just human nature, right? When, yep. Whenever you know that something's coming up and you don't know 
what it's going to be, what do you do? You don't do anything, no. right? You just sit back on the sideline. Or, or lay in bed, is, suck your thumb and throw your 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 right. covers over yeah, your head. Yeah, just go away. Right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, maybe so, I'm the only one that does that, but that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so, so we've got all of these economic imbalances right now. And then, see, there, there's... We had talked, we talk about so much on this show, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's very enlightening to all the viewers, but we've talked about that, the laugher curve, right? When the government starts raising taxes, when people are living at the margin, it actually decreases government revenue, right? Because people don't have enough money to spend already, let Mm -hmm. alone when, when their bottom line is decreased. So California just most expensive gas on the planet, right? Right. What is it? What is up to now? Well, there's places in San Diego where the average is like $7 a gallon. Wow. Um, but I think overall statewide, it's probably in, in the mid to upper fives. Yep. Um, with, with some outliers, right? But they just increased their gas tax from 51.1% to 53.9 cents oh per gallon. Gosh. So 54% of the gas price in California is taxes. So this is why California gas is more expensive than other gas. When the price of of gas and diesel fuel and everything else is, it's a commodity. It has a price, right? But then why are some states more expensive? Well, because of their gas taxes. They're raising taxes like there's no tomorrow. We're now at 50 of the price. So, um, and so when you you look at that, Mm -hmm. you, you start to connect other other dots, right? Mm-hmm. And when you say, well, Elon Musk, who owns the largest electric car company in the world, you'd think that their business would be booming with all this expensive gases, right. but why would he lay off lay 10% off. of the workforce? 10%? Yeah. yeah. So it's not because he doesn't think that his car is a good idea with high, rising gas prices. That's why he built that company. It's because he knows people aren't going to be able to afford to buy his cars. No. Nope. And then when you have politicians saying, hey, just go buy a a Tesla. It's like, yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Unbelievable. um, You know, and this isn't necessarily a report, but but the end of this week on Friday, the European Central Bank is ending its bond buying program. So so like here in in, in America, um, we've got U.S. treasuries. Right. And we Mm -hmm. rely on foreign money coming in to buy our U.S. treasuries because we have a debt to fund. We have stimulus payments. We have entitlements, everything, right? So we rely on other countries buying our U.S. treasuries. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when they don't buy them? We, does does our debt go away? No. no, It's still there. So then that's when they go to the printing press and they inflate or die. And then the year, and then like the Fed would buy the U.S. treasuries, right? They're the largest okay. owner of U.S. treasuries on the planet. So Take that story and apply it to Europe, the European Central Bank. They've been doing the same thing. But on Friday, they end their bond buying program. No more. Wow. So that means there's going to probably be not much demand for European Central Bank bonds. And they're in more debt than America is. So what are they going to have to do? They're just going to print money like there's no tomorrow to try to force um, money going into the system, using that to to fund the economy and, and their debt and everything else. So so this tightening, <laughs> mm-hmm. this tightening that's happening 
is going to have a dramatic impact on, on not just America, but the global economy. Absolutely. Now, okay, so everything that the Biden administration has done to kind of sweep this under the rug, hey, you know, it's not really what it seems. When these reports, when all this stuff comes out, they can't deny it any longer, right? I mean, it's like right there in your face. It's right there and it's right there in your face. Now, a lot of times when the reports come out, we know that they're fudging the numbers. Like sure. when the consumer price index inflation reports come out, the producer price index reports, which are a little more accurate, but but we know that even even those reports are just wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our our wallets will tell us that inflation is not eight point five percent. Right, exactly. But, but yet it, it's these numbers. The investors, especially in America, but all over the world, respond to sound bites from mainstream media. Right. So mm-hmm. so here's where whether the reports are accurate or not, in reality, doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Because what matters is the perception. What is this going to do? What is this going to look like moving forward for for the economy? Are people going to have enough money to spend? What about these crazy high taxes? I mean, are people going to be able to afford to live? Is is the company that I'm investing in, Tesla, Google, General Mm -hmm. Motors, right? Are they actually going to be able to withstand nobody buying their stuff? And if banks are running out of money, how are they going to get loans, right? Exactly. so this is why people start to get out of the stock market is because when they're putting their hard-earned retirement assets into an investment for their future retirement, mm-hmm. that's a lot of faith that they have in the system. It's a lot of faith that they have in the company or the mutual fund that they're investing in. And this is why that consumer confidence report that's coming out is so important because if it shows that people are losing faith, to me, that's almost like a lights out kind of a moment yep. for, for the market. Because if you lose faith in anything, you don't have anything. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so that's, that's where we're headed. And, and the bigger loss of faith that we're seeing is, and this has been centuries of, you know, since 1776, when, what did the founding fathers do when they, they um, started our country, our amazing country? Well, they, they were a government for the people and, mm-hmm. and by the people, right? So the government was there to help them, but, but it's morphed into something sinister and evil and ugly right now. And that is, we can all tell that the government thinks that the people are there for them rather than them being there for the people. And across mm-hmm. the board, people have lost faith in their own government, yeah. right? They've sure. lost faith in the banking system that they're going to be there for them when they need money. They're, they're losing faith that that the money that they have in the bank is actually safe, that it's actually their money because now they're thinking that the bank thinks it's their money. Right? Exactly. And so, so. And when they're not when, passing, when three of the biggest banks are not passing a stress test, this is a major problem. It's, it's a major problem. And when you've got a government that doesn't know how to, and a current administration that doesn't know how to handle geopolitical conflict. Yeah. And you've got what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and they're completely inept. Yeah. And people think, why why is this still going on? You know, mm-hmm. and then because of that, you've got things that are happening in Turkey. You've got things that are boiling up in Iran again with Israel. You've got mm-hmm. China and, and Taiwan, which I would love to do another show later this week on some of these geopolitical yes, conflicts. Because, that would be huge. Yeah, because this is important moving forward as well, because conflict causes 
market imbalances and sell-offs and turbulence and uncertainty, right? So, mm-hmm. so bottom line, <laughs> we've got a lot of reports coming out this mm-hmm. week. And should we be concerned about it? Kind of, but not really, because there is an option. There is a solution, right? Yes. So it's so, not hopeless. Well, no, it's not. I mean, <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't kill the messenger just because you what reports are coming out this week. Exactly. But, but you know what? Should we be concerned? Yeah, because we've got families. We've got sure. legacies. We've got tons of like generational businesses and mom and pops who have put everything that they have into their restaurants or their mm-hmm. shops or their whatever they do, right? And because of stupid government policy... And rising taxes, rising interest rates, inflationary pressures, supply chain disruptions, ineptness of, of all things, administrative ruling that make it harder to actually even do business in America, banks running out of money so they're not lending it out. Should we be concerned about that? Yeah, because we've got friends and family whose, whose livelihoods are at right. stake. But for our own livelihoods, our own retirement, which is, mm-hmm. which is what I do, right? Yep. This is what our firm is here for. Boy. When you invest into tangible assets like gold and silver, that is your peace in the midst of the storm. That is your escape route away from the direct path of this hurricane because you can thrive. I mean, even even this morning, the stock market's starting to come down a little bit. Silver's up like 18 cents or something. I mean, the, these metals thrive, Stacy, on uncertainty, turbulence, turmoil, and change and chaos. Mm-hmm. They thrive because it's a flight for quality. And so- strip away the the more fundamental issues of why things go up, which is low supply and high demand. Mm -hmm. You start to add that intangible of there's a flight for quality. People are getting out of something that they know is going down and they're, they just move into something that they know is going to go up because the fundamentals that cause those, the markets, the stock and Mm -hmm. bond market to come down are the same fundamentals that cause gold and silver to go up. See, in a world where we should minimize our risk and maximize our return, it's how you do it. You identify these trends. This is why I can talk about this garbage because it truly is garbage and still have a smile on my face. And um, hope and understanding. And hope. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's huge. I, I really think that this is a time where by doing this, it's that transference of wealth. It's like I'm, you're putting yourself in a position for blessing. You know, it's like, okay, I'm getting out of something that's going down into something that's tangible. Um, now, if somebody was to give you a call, they have stocks or, you know, they're, they're limited, their, their income is limited. What does that look like? What are you able to do when you're working with them? Just advise them with, with Holy Spirit empowered wisdom and discernment, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not going to give direction on individual stocks, right? Because I'm not a stockbroker. I don't look into the intricacies of every single company and the management and their debt and everything else. But a broad picture, when things are coming down, you get out. When things are going up, you you get in, right? Mm-hmm. So we, I, what I look at is the social, political, economic interplay, you know, these puzzle pieces. Yep. And when you put them together, it does paint a big picture. And overall, we've got a stock market that's poised for even bigger corrections than what we've seen already. Mm-hmm. And people have said, Kirk, how can you – how can you say some of these things? It's like what I'm saying is not out of the realm of, of normal, right? Because right. In, in 2009, when the stock market corrected, it came down well over 40%. In 2000, when the tech stocks collapsed over that two and a half year span, it came down 80%. 
So where are we year to date? It's it's mm-hmm. six months. We're we're not even done with six months, half the year. And the NASDAQ is down over 35%, the tech stock. So if you extrapolate that for 12 months, mm-hmm. that's a 70% correction in one year. Well, we had 80% correction in 2000. The 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 S and P five hundred they're they're down like what twenty five twenty six percent year to date. Mm-hmm. So halfway through the year they're on pace for a fifty percent market correction. I, all I'm saying is I, I'm just looking at at the current numbers yep. and the trend, and that's how I can I can make these kind of statements. It's like I'm just following the trends. I'm identifying what causes markets to go up and markets to go down. And as a wise and prudent investor, we get out. Mm-hmm. when when we want to but but here's here's where it does take a leap of faith because normalcy bias always kicks in and people say well the stocks have always worked for me in the past therefore going to work in the present and the future well mm-hmm. not this time probably right and then when you're sitting on the fence and delaying this is another part of human nature it's like ah, i wish i just wish i would have done something three months ago or six months ago and i originally thought about it right and then the stock markets come down 35%. And then you say, I'm going to wait till it goes up a little bit. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to sell out because, right, I don't want to sell out at a loss. And then it keeps right. going down and it keeps going down. And that that inaction causes more pain. So my encouragement to everybody would be, it doesn't matter if you have a loss. You're probably going to have a bigger loss if you if you don't act now, right? So Huge. same same thing that you that a lot of people that call me think, I wish I would have done something six months ago. Six months from now, the people that didn't act are going to say, I, I wish I, I would have done, done something, something six, six months, months ago. ago. Right? True. So, so the encouragement is to take that leap of faith, do something that's a little bit out of the box, right? Because you're normally used to when stocks stink, you buy bonds and bonds mm-hmm. stink, you buy stocks. Taking that, that one step and say, I'm going to go into precious metals outside of the box. It's a tangible asset. It's not a digit. Yeah. It's not a certificate. See, normalcy bias is generally what kills people's portfolios. Because the only way, Stacey, that you can maximize the future is to maximize the present. So if we can maximize each and every day by identifying the trends, minimizing our risk while maximizing return, then we will have a maximized future. That but is you can't huge. expect to have a maximized future if you don't act in the present, yeah. right? So, so this is just people's heads getting mm-hmm. away with what their heart is telling them to do. Oh, that is so good. If you go to flyovergold.com, you can fill out your information. It's a free consultation. It doesn't cost you anything. And, t- and Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you. They'll help help answer questions. They're going to walk you through this process. Or you can call 720-605-3900. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill, and you had one ounce of gold. You could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.